come take the CAT-Q with me. So some of you may be wondering what the CAT-Q even is. CAT-Q in short stands for the Camouflaging Autistic Traits Questionnaire, which is essentially a very useful and insightful self-report measure that you can use to further understand how you yourself may camouflage socially. This tool may be used to help identify autistic individuals who do not stereotypically meet the diagnostic criteria. As someone who took this test prior to getting assessed and clinically diagnosed with autism, seeing how highly I scored on the CAT-Q was extremely eye-opening for me. And it was essential to me understanding my own autism. It helped me realize just how much I was masking. Because of this test, I was able to more easily understand why so many individuals, including medical professionals, tended to discount my autism. And honestly, what is life but a never-ending learning experience of who you are outside of other people's perceptions of you, but also trying to understand why people have their perceptions of you. And if you're someone who is looking to understand your masks a little bit more, stick around to the end and watch the video I made where I help you guys discover your masks. But other than that, let's head on over and take the CAT-Q test together. All right, you guys, so I will leave the link to this test in the description box below if you are someone who is interested in taking the test and seeing how you score on it. I remember back when I took this test prior to my assessment, I scored really high on this. And this was also information I shared with my psychologist that was assessing me for the autism. But this was also very helpful because I was able to really see that because I scored so high, I had to take extra precaution to try to unmask as much as possible in certain clinical situations in which it's important for the medical professionals to see those autistic traits that would have been otherwise camouflaged in other aspects of my life. So let's start this test. Cat Q, please read each statement below and choose the answer that best fits your experience during social interactions. When I am interacting with someone, I deliberately copy their body language or facial expressions. I agree. I may not copy it well, I must say, because I do struggle with having flat affect and being very monotone, but I do notice that I'm always paying attention to how someone is talking, their tone of voice, facial expressions, body language, and I always feel super self-conscious when I'm trying to mirror it back, but it just doesn't come out the way that I want it to, and it, it seems very inaccurate, and I get really self-conscious about that, especially if the person is stereotypically a little bit more expressive. I monitor my body language or facial expressions so that I appear relaxed. I strongly agree with that. A lot of the times when people are asking me if I'm anxious, specifically when I go to doctor's appointments and they take my blood pressure, heart rate, and all that stuff, they always are so surprised to see how high it is because I look so calm on the surface. And I remember sometimes the nurses would say things like, are you anxious right now? And I would just be like, no, I don't think so. But in reality, I have become so used to trying to look and appear as if I'm relaxed when in reality, I'm just like buzzing inside and extremely uncomfortable. I rarely feel the need to put on an act in order to get through a social situation. I strongly disagree. I have developed a script to follow in social situations. I strongly agree. I will repeat, I will repeat phrase, I will repeat, why is that so hard to say? 
I will repeat phrases that I have heard others say in the exact same way that I first heard them. I agree with this. When I start to spend a lot of time with someone else, I notice I start to talk in the same ways and also laugh in the same ways and things like that. I start to pick up on those mannerisms. I adjust my body language or facial expression so that I appear interested by the person I am interacting with. I agree with this. During a conversation or interaction with someone, I'm cognizant of how I'm making them feel and how I want to make them feel and I have to manage that. I think as you guys will see me take this test more and more, you will come to realize that socially interacting is a manual experience. And I talk about this all the time in my other videos. Sometimes people think that a social deficit means that you cannot function in social interaction. And this test is for those of us who can actually function in social interaction and can seem as if it's easy for us and we're capable of it. But the thing is, is that for people like us, it's a manual experience. So for example, you can't really put your car on cruise control and just maneuver through interactions. You have to constantly be aware of all of these types of things in order to make an interaction go smoothly. And that's why a lot of the times for us, we have social anxiety, but it may not seem like we do. Or we may enjoy ourselves in a social interaction, but it's still tiring. And it's because of this process right here. In social situations, I feel like I'm performing rather than being myself. I would say I agree because I can never just be myself. Um, even though I may be doing things and saying things that I genuinely agree with and is me, I have to be cognizant of how I word it or how I look and, and everything like that and evaluate whether or not it's appropriate to say it at a certain time or in a certain way. I can't just be myself 100%. Who I am at home on my own is different than how I am in front of other people. In my own social interactions, I use behaviors that I have learned from watching other people interacting. I strongly agree. I think this is why on my own time, I'm constantly ingesting content, whether that's on YouTube, whether that's through movies or TV shows, because I'm constantly observing how others are and how they interact with each other in order for me to understand social cues a lot better and psychology of other people a lot better and sometimes when I do find a TV show or a person online that I really resonate with it does provide a deep sense of comfort for me because I can really truly mirror how they react in certain situations and understand that those reactions are okay and feel good about it because they exhibit it themselves. I always think about the impression I make on other people. I strongly agree with this. After every single social interaction, whether it's a long interaction or whether it's a very short interaction with a stranger, I'm constantly walking away evaluating how I performed within that social interaction. Whether it was good and I could feel proud of myself or whether or not it was bad and how I need to improve the next time. I need the support of other people in order to socialize. I somewhat agree. It's either or. So sometimes in social interactions, especially in group interactions, I actually would prefer to have a safety blanket there. Usually it's a more outgoing, extroverted person so that I could kind of just follow them in a social interaction and let them talk to other people and I could come in and out when I want to. But I do 
notice that when I'm just in a social situation where it could be a lot more of one-on-one conversations, I actually prefer to be by myself because when I meet someone and I conversate with them, I prefer to just be in control of the conversation and what I want to ask and how we talk to each other. Whereas if someone else was with me, I have to take into account this person and this person and how to integrate all three of us within a conversation. And that's just a lot more work. I have a harder time doing that, like multitasking in that way. So when it comes to one-on-one conversations, I actually prefer it to be one-on-one and not have other people to to depend on but in group situations I actually do prefer someone to be there so I could have the privilege of coming in and out of the interaction as I please. I practice my facial expressions and body language to make sure they look natural. I agree with this. This is something I did a lot when I was in middle school and high school. I found myself always in front of the mirror almost like studying my facial expressions and seeing what to do and how it looks so that I can have a mental picture in my head when I was out socializing with how I need to respond facially to certain scenarios. I've come to realize before I knew I was autistic, I actually would feel a deep sense of failure when it came to facial expressions and body language because I understood that I couldn't mimic or mirror or express my facial expressions or body language in the ways that I wanted to and in the ways that other people could understand. I always got feedback from other people that I was so rigid and it made it hard for others, especially women, to feel comfortable around me. They always thought that I was angry. They always thought that I was mad at them or something like that. And I felt this sense of not being able to get other people to understand what I was actually feeling and thinking because my outer appearance wasn't able to express that as much. Something that kind of ties into this is that I always felt like I could express myself more accurately on text because I could rely on emojis to express my things and I couldn't rely on my facial expressions to do that because my facial expressions kind of just stay the same and even if I try to do a facial expression, I felt like it was just super unnatural and didn't feel right. I don't feel the need to make eye contact with other people if I don't want to. Hmm, this one's hard. I would say I would disagree with this one because I've always been very conscious of making eye contact with people when I'm talking to them. It is very uncomfortable for me and a little bit overstimulating, but every time I interact with someone, I'm always telling myself, make eye contact with them, connect with them through the eyes, because I know that it's super important for people to make eye contact. In certain conversations that gets a little bit more technical where I have to think, I usually do have to look off and have rapid eye saccades. So what that is, is your eyes are moving back and forth very quickly in order to process the information that's coming into your brain. If I'm not able to do that eye movement, I have a harder time processing what the other person is saying. But generally speaking, I do disagree with this because I haven't necessarily come to a point in my life yet where I feel like I could make someone feel heard without looking at them because it is something that someone deems important during a conversation is whether or not you're making eye contact with them and paying attention to them, aka eye contact means you care. No eye contact means you don't care. I have to force myself to interact with people when I'm in social situations. I actually disagree with this one. This is part of the reasons why 
in certain social situations, I did put a lot of people off because I actually didn't force myself to interact with someone if I didn't want to. And that caused a lot of issues throughout my life, even up until my diagnosis. Like if I walked into a room with a coworker and I didn't feel like having small talk with them or saying hi or having conversation, I will literally just walk into the room and do what I wanted to do and not acknowledge their existence really. And a lot of the times those same people would think that I didn't like them or I was mad at them or I was purposefully ignoring them. When in reality, in my mind, it was as simple as I just didn't feel like talking and it has nothing to do with you, it just means I'm tired or something. And likewise, I didn't understand that concept because you could still dislike someone and make small talk with them all the time. Just because you acknowledge someone and talk with them doesn't mean you like them or dislike them, you know? That stuff never made sense to me. I have tried to improve my understanding of social skills by watching other people agree. In social interactions, especially with more than one person, and I can afford to take a step back and observe, I always end up in the observer situation, almost to a point where I don't interact at all. And I'm just like keeping track of what everyone's saying and how they're saying it. And I have a hard time jumping in because I'm just like trying to understand what's going on. And that's one very prominent thing that I first realized was just this general feeling of confusion that I always had in every social situation and how I always had to watch people and how they interact because I was confused. I monitor my body language or facial expressions so that I appear interested by the person I am interacting with. I agree. I feel like a lot of the times for autistics who camouflage very highly, we're constantly thinking about whether or not we're going to offend someone else. It's super tiring. When in social situations, I try to find ways to avoid interacting with others. Agree. The amount of times, you guys, where I am in a car, for example, let's say in the passenger seat, and I see someone I know on the street or in the car next to us, and I literally just like pull the back of my seat down so I'm laying so they don't see me, or the amount of times I'm out in public and I see someone I know somewhat close, and I'll just immediately dodge into another aisle and hide or run away from the situation just so I don't have to say hi or have small talk and avoid a social interaction. I'm always doing that. That is my worst nightmare. Like I did not prepare for this. I did not script. I cannot function. I need to just like dip out. I have researched the rules of social interactions to improve my own social skills. I agree, but I wouldn't say I'm like on Google typing in, what does this mean? You know, I just feel like I'm constantly sifting through, like I said, content, YouTube videos, TV shows, movies to look for what is the norm. And something that is significant as well is before going out to a social interaction, so let's say a date, I would watch TV shows or movies specifically about dates before my date in order to almost like mentally prepare myself for a certain type of script or interaction and understand what was normal. And I do think that that's something very specific that holistic people probably don't do. I am always aware of the impression I make on other people. Agree. That is part of the struggle of 
becoming a little bit more fluent in social patterns and what implications mean is that you're constantly going through that Rolodex in your mind of like, did I do everything right according to what they said or did? Did I offend them? Did I actually respond well? You're constantly like evaluating yourself and it's just a lot sometimes compared to just being super ignorant whether or not you offend someone or not, you're just doing you, right? There's always a give and take with this kind of stuff. For example, like nowadays after learning how to camouflage better, yes, a lot of my social interactions are successful, but it's at the cost of me being constantly anxious and evaluating myself all the time. I feel free to be myself when I am with other people. I disagree with this. Even though I am myself and I do say things that I actually do think, I'm always constantly catering that to the other person and in a way to make the interaction with them better. How I would express my emotions with my partner is going to be different from how I express my emotions to a certain best friend of mine. Do you see what I'm saying? Whereas let's say holistic people can kind of just express themselves however they want to and it may or may not change depending on the person they're with, but they don't really have to like think about it that much. It just naturally will come out in a way that feels right to them in that moment because they're able to come in and out of certain situations without having to manually think about it. I learned how people use their bodies and faces to interact by watching television or films or by reading fiction. Strongly agree. I adjust my body language or facial expression so that I appear relaxed. Strongly agree. When talking to other people, I feel like the conversation flows naturally. I somewhat agree. I feel like I'm actually, in my opinion, a pretty good conversationalist, especially when the other person is willing to talk about themselves. But I do find that it is an unbalanced conversation because I make it so much about them, because I'm asking about them. And a lot of the times people wanna talk about themselves. So what I came to realize is that a lot of my interactions and friendships for a lot of my life were so imbalanced because I made it so much about them because that was such an easy thing to rely on when it came to having conversation. What I find I have a hard time doing is putting balance into my interactions and conversations with people so that I can also talk about myself within the context of the conversation and finding ways to talk about myself even if the other person doesn't ask. That is also a whole other ball game and nuance to try to master. Like I said, the conversation does flow naturally, but it's because I'm constantly like trying to make it as natural as possible, which is kind of ironic. I have spent time learning social skills from television shows, films, and try to use these in my interactions. Strong, strongly agree. And I will add on to that, that I have to very carefully manage what I watch because of this. Because I find that holistic people can watch whatever they want and understand this isn't normal and this is normal. But I have a hard time doing that because I don't have a good grasp on what's normal and what's not normal. So... In the past, when I would watch TV shows like American Horror Story, I ended up becoming very depressed and cynical because I would think that that was normal and everyone was like that. And so as I started to improve my mental health, I noticed that a big part of improving my mental health and having faith in people and believing the good in people is managing what I watch. I have to consciously stay away from dating shows, for example, reality shows, shows that are very dark because I will start to believe that that is normal. And so shows that I consciously watch 
more of are things like new girl. In social interactions, I do not pay attention to what my face or body are doing. I strongly disagree. I'm constantly paying attention to what my foss, what my ba- base and foss. Ugh. I'm constantly paying attention to what my face and body are doing, even my voice. It doesn't mean I'm good at changing it, but it means I'm just consciously aware of it. Like, oh my God, I sound so monotone. Oh my God, I seem so like serious. When in reality, I'm like having the time of my life. There's that disconnect and this will vary depending on your specific type of spectrum. So some autistics are really good at being animated and stuff, almost to a point of exaggeration, almost like a cartoon character. And then there's autistics who may be in the middle who manage their facial expressions to look as if they're holistic and they're really good at mimicking a normal amount of expression. And then there's autistics like me who may be aware of what normal expressions are but have a hard time mimicking it anyways and then i'm sure there's autistics who are completely unaware of what expressions are normal and don't even care to try in social situations i feel like i am pretending to be normal (laughs) i strongly agree and sometimes i feel like there's many situations where i'm pretending to be normal and i realize that the normal i chose for that situation was wrong and so there's other normals for that situation but i don't necessarily know what that normal is yet because i haven't previously observed it or practiced it so my normal is very set in tone for specific situations But as soon as you put me in a different situation, that normal is not normal anymore. So I can only fit certain molds and spaces and be deemed as normal, if that makes sense. And that's part of like the rigidity of of autism and social interactions. So I'm scoring my results. My total is 151. I scored 58 on compensation, 51 on masking, and 42 on assimilation. Average scores. A total score of 100 or above indicates you camouflage autistic traits, but other than knowing the threshold, making sense of your scores can be challenging. It may be helpful to compare your results to average scores of autistics and non-autistics. What this says is that if you score 100 or above, it indicates that you camouflage autistic traits. As you can see, I scored 151, so that's well above 100. And it says that the highest scores are denoted by a star, so the highest score for females total would be 124.35, and I scored 151, so my score is higher than a high score. For masking, the highest score is 37.87 and as you can see i scored 51 which is well above 37 and then assimilation is 44.63 and i scored 42 i guess what that tells me is that in certain situations i don't care to assimilate when normally people should care how they assimilate And this is an interesting piece of information. Surprisingly, neurotypical females camouflage the least. So neurotypical females are more expressive, I guess, is what it's saying. A neurotypical female would usually score like 90 points and my score was 150. So, you know, you could see the differences. It says here, autistic males and autistic non-binary people mask less than neurotypical counterparts, but do score higher in compensation and assimilation. It's also interesting that autistic men don't camouflage much more than neurotypical men. The same is true for non-binary people. 
So this is something I definitely encourage you guys to take, but especially if you are an autistic woman or suspect to be an autistic woman to just kind of gauge at what levels do you camouflage yourself and see it kind of explained to you through numbers. But yes, I hope today's video was interesting for you and was helpful for you. If you are someone who's on the precipice of your autism journey like I was, and you need a little bit more help and affordable resources in understanding what your masks are, head on over to my Etsy shop. I made a customized workbook for autistic neurodivergent people. It's proven to be super helpful for other people out there who very much so are unconscious to their masks so far. But other than that, take care of yourselves because you guys really do deserve it. See you guys on next week's video.